We serve a God who heals, restores, delivers, who never leaves us, who never forsakes us. And we've got to read the book because this is how we understand what it is that he said. This is how you find out what's included. What's included? I mean, you go to make a reservation somewhere for a vacation or a thing, and they're like, oh, it's this amount of money, whatever. At least I always ask the question, well, what's included with that? What's coming with the package? Did any of you ever, were any of you ever promised something by your parents? Like, do good in school, and I'm going to give you whatever, a game, or take you to get ice cream, whatever the case might be, yes? Any of you parents here promise anything like that to your children? Okay, so... When you were promised something and you fulfilled your end of the bargain, what did you do? Mom, dad, remember you said, right? And what would you do as a kid? Hey, mom, remember you said this? Or dad, remember you? Did anybody remember doing that? Or some of you are very holy, never did that to your parents, right? I did. And back then there were no text messages, no email. It was like, yo, what's up? You told me this, right? Do you know that the scripture says that we are children of God. And when you find his promise and you're fulfilling your end of the bargain, you can turn to God and say, God, you promised X, Y, or Z. And I believe that you're bringing it to me. Oh, how are you going to say that to God? Because he's my dad. The scripture says we've been adopted And by then, we can cry out, Abba, Father. Abba. My daughter's name, Abigail, it means father's joy. Abby means father. Gail means joy. Father's joy. We can cry out to God, Abba, Father. going through a situation, God, you promised that if I was obeying you and doing what you said, you would vindicate me. You would deliver me. God, you promised that you would heal me. God, you promised that you would deliver me. So tune in, press in, pursue, follow, and get into the word of God on a daily basis. Make it a part of you. Download an app. There's a ton of them, Bible apps that will even read it out loud to you. You don't have to wait to get to church on a Sunday morning to pursue God and to cry out to God. I mean, we live in Miami. Who here has to drive at least half an hour in traffic every day? At least, right? I'm not going to ask who goes more than that. I said, I'm not going to ask. I'm not. I'm not. And people are like, whoa, me. (laughs) Sorry. Father, just help them drive there carefully in Jesus' name. I felt the road rage. Um, (laughs) Use that time to hear the word of God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. I mean, 
Y'all got it easy nowadays. You can download it on your app. I remember having a book of CDs that had the Bible. And you had to switch out CDs and put on certain other CD and switch out CDs. Now it's just like, boom, it's there. I remember when you, and you didn't have a CD player in your car yet. It was a tape deck, and you had to get the little portable CD player with little tape deck a- attachment. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anyone talking about? It, had, it was like a, a tape deck with a, with a, with a, with a, with a, a, a 3.5-millimeter a plug that you would plug into your non-shock absorbent CD player or whatever, and if you hit a bump, the CD skipped. Yeah. Now... You can download it on your phone, it Bluetooths to your car, and you can just get fed with the Word of God as you drive. Worship as you drive. Pursue God. Tune in to Him. Because time spent with God is never wasted time. And here's the truth. There's a reason the psalmist wrote to seek God early in the morning. Church, we get home tired. If you have children, you got to feed them. You got to do common core homework. God bless that. (laughs) My daughter's in second grade. I have a degree in education. I train teachers how to teach better in the classroom for a living. That's what I did professionally. And I got to read the instructions seven times and try to figure it out. And at times, the worst part is I worked for the company that produced the book. And I'm like, do I got to call somebody? Give me a hand, you know. Anyways, so you do homework, you bathe them, you feed them, you get them ready for bed. You try to then spend some time with your spouse. If at that moment, after all of that, is when you're going to try to read the Bible, I guarantee you, you're not going to be very successful. You might read through it, but you might not retain much of it. You might fall asleep through it. So get up five minutes earlier. We're starting a series in February called Rhythms. Announcing it for the first time right now. It's called Rhythms. We're going to be talking for several weeks about different rhythms in our lives. Because we got to adjust certain rhythms in our lives in order to be able then to do things the way God wants us to do it. So don't miss it. I mean, mark these dates on your calendar. January 27th, Pastor Joel Stockstill is going to be with us here. He's going to be preaching in the English service, only the English service. And then on the first Sunday in February, February 4th, we're going to start this series called Rhythms. We need to get into a rhythm and a routine with God. And by the way, this isn't even part of the preaching, so I'm going to get into that in a minute. This is free. It's a nug. It's an extra. This was like a 20-piece nugget, though. It was a good one. It was a good one. Have I ever told you about my three hours that I worked at McDonald's? Have you ever heard the story of my three hours I worked at I worked at McDonald's for a total of three hours, okay? And it wasn't as a paid thing. It was uh, when I was a teacher at Bowman Foster Ash, uh, they did a partnership with the McDonald's down the street. And uh, when, once a year, the teachers would go and like work at the McDonald's and all the kids would go and then they would donate a percentage of it to the school as a fundraiser. Um, but, but I was, you know, I, I was able to get my way. I, I was on the fryer. And, and so I was the guy making the nuggets and, and making the chicken sandwiches and the different stuff. And so for me personally, there's one thing that irritates me when I order a set of nuggets from any place, McDonald's, Wendy's, whatever, right? And it's you order a six piece and you got four that are hot and two that have been sitting there for 20 minutes. You know what I'm talking about? Has that ever happened to anybody? You get the first nugget, it's piping hot, the next one is cold. Has that happened to anybody? I hate that. 
So while I was frying nuggets, when I would go put them in the, in the thing, if there was only one or two left, I would do a service to those people that were going to get those nuggets. I'd eat those two and put all the fresh ones. So I'd fry a nugget, eat a nugget, fry a nugget. I lost count, but it's all right. It was for a good cause. Some of you are like, I'm at church and we're laughing? What type of church is this? It's a church filled with the Spirit of God, man, because where the Spirit of God is, there is joy and there is freedom. Grab your Bibles. Last week, we started talking about what God put upon our heart for the year 2019. The Lord put on my heart that the year 2019 was going to be a year of love. 1 John chapter 4 says that God is love. As a matter of fact, it goes on to say that if you don't walk in love, you don't know God. And then John 3.16, the most famous verse in all of scripture, tells us what true love is, right? What God's love is. It says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved He gave. God's love gives. Now, there's a passage in Scripture that we hear at almost every wedding that we visit. But it's not a passage that's only for married people. It's 1 Corinthians 13. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. When you got it, say amen. If you don't have a Bible, we have them on the pews. If not, you can follow on the screen behind us. Or use your phone, just ignore the text messages, put it on airplane mode. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says like this, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. I mean, let's look at these three things. Go back to verse number one. No matter how you talk or what you say, if you don't have love, you're an irritating sound. Pastor, that's harsh. It's not me. That's what the Bible says. If you don't have love, you're an irritating sound. Now, if you look at our drum set, we have a shield. We actually have a double shield. What do I mean by that? Usually a drum shield is only five pieces. We have two. We have ten to make an incomplete enclosure. And we have a roof. Why? Because the size of our room, if you don't cover it that way, it would overpower to such a degree that worship would be intolerable and it would be an irritating sound. And some of us, at times... We are walking about and we're telling people about Jesus, but because we're not walking with love, all they hear is an irritating sound. Pots and pans. That's what he says. Goes on to say in verse number two, watch. 
if you, if you have the gift of prophecy, you understood everything. You have so much faith that you can move mountains. Do you remember what Jesus said, right? If you have faith like a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it shall be removed. He says, if I have so much faith that I can remove mountains, but I've got not love, I am nothing. A Christian without love is nothing. Pastor, this is harsh. It's the word of God. We're called to love God first and then people. Love God and love people. It's what we talked about last week. If you missed last week, you can get the CD after service if we have copies. If not, you can watch it online or you can ask them. They'll make you more copies. They asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Trying to trick him. And Jesus said, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second one is similar. Love your neighbor as yourself. In that hangs all the law and the prophets. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. So here it said, I can sell off everything and go to feed the poor and the homeless and help everybody, move mountains, but I've got love, no love. I got nothing. Verse number three. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Sorry, I mixed that there. And though my body be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. In other words, it is worthless if you are doing it and not in love. Then it starts to describe it. Verse number four. Love suffers long and is kind. What does it mean to suffer long? Love is patient. I mean, how many of you are grateful that God's love is patient to us? I mean, I, I, I thank God every day. I'm not God. I'd be like, you know how the flash runs and throws lightning bolts? If you've ever seen it? I'd be like, pew, 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 pew. You asked for a blessing and I bless you and now you walked away. Pew! I'm not God. He's working on me. Transformation in progress. That hurt. But his love is patient. His love is kind. So our love should be patient and kind. Continues to say, love does not Envy. I mean, that's a big one. That's a big one because I've met too many Christians that get upset and envious because another brother or sister in Christ progressed or prospered. And instead of rejoicing, they get envious and want what the other person has. Love doesn't envy. Love rejoices. It rejoices. It says that it does not parade itself and it's not puffed up. What does it mean by puffed up? It's not arrogant. It doesn't parade itself. And what does it mean by not parade itself? Hey, 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 wait. I did this for you because I love you. Ah, that ain't love, man. 
It's actually using the word to manipulate someone. And then the scripture says, watch this, watch it, put your seatbelts on. It says manipulation is as a sin of witchcraft. Do you know the Bible says that? Read your Bible. Manipulation is as the sin of witchcraft. What's witchcraft? You know, tarot card reading, crystal ball, worshiping things that are not God. That's all witchcraft. Trying to manipulate people. God sees it the same exact way. Love does not parade itself. It doesn't boast. It's not arrogant. It doesn't behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. You know, my kids have given me a few gray hairs. The rest have been from you guys. But <laughs> that one didn't go over that funny. I thought it would, man. I promise you, when I, when I wasn't a senior pastor, I didn't have that much gray hair. As a youth pastor, I didn't get much gray hair. As a senior pastor, things changed. But my kids give me some gray hairs. I don't love them any less. I correct them because the Bible says who, he who he loves, he corrects. And even when they do something wrong and I reprimand them, I then affirm them. Perfect example, yesterday. Samantha has the best arm out of all three of my kids. Like, no lie. I think she, she might go into softball later on. I mean... That girl can chuck stuff. And she's one year old. And if you go in a little, if you ever go a little bouncy ball with Samantha, be careful. Take a step back. And yesterday she wouldn't want any more food and she got a handful and she went, just like that. Like she, and I looked at her from across the table and I said, no se hace. I didn't scream at her. I didn't do whatever. And she looked at me and the puchero started. And the waterworks started, and I went and I got her out of the high chair, and we got a napkin, and I sat her on the floor and I said, let's start picking it up. And we started picking up all the grains of rice as she cried. <laughs> when it was all done, I put her back in my arms, and I took her outside, and I said, I love you. Te amo. We just don't throw things on the floor. Because then I got to go clean it. <laughs> we don't throw things. I corrected. I affirmed. I didn't love her any less. Love bears all things. Endures. And then it says this. Love never fails. But where there's prophecy... They'll fail. Where there's tongues, they'll cease. 
Where there's knowledge, it'll vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. In other words, I'm going to say it like this. When I was not a Christian, I loved a certain way. But now that I'm a son of God and Christ lives in me, I love a different way. I'm able to love without expecting anything in return. Do you remember, was it last week or the week before, I shared about the shopping cart hitting the guy next to me, the car of the guy next to me, and the guy got angry, and he got yelled at me, and all kinds of different stuff, and everything, whatever, and I just, you know, like, okay, what's up, all right, we're good. I apologize, tried to shake your hand, the guy just got back in his car, and I'm like, sir, I'm trying to shake your hand to apologize, and he finally got out and shook my hand. Well, we were on vacation this week, and on Thursday morning, we were in the parking lot at Epcot. And I got a pickup truck, and so they put. So then, just give it a little more juice now on this one. All right. So, the guy, the parking attendant, I put my window, and I was like, "Sir, do you mind if I move to that one? Because that way, nobody blocks my tailgate." He's like, "Yeah, move." So I go to move it, and the people next to me open the door, so I have to wait. And it was a 15 passenger van, and they had what, like eight kids? It's a family with like eight kids. I, I was waiting for the camera to follow them, but no. And as I'm there waiting, all of a sudden, I hear, my truck moved. That's how hard they slammed the door into my truck. And Patty's like, you got to be kidding me. And I'm like, Lord, help me. (laughs) So I get out of the car, and this guy, I mean, his eyes are saucers. He's with his kids, probably about eight years old. And the kid's the one that, you know, swung the door open. And he's going to his trunk. He's trying to, like, clean my car and the thing. And, and I go up to him. I was like, sir, it's just a car. It's okay. No, but, I, I th- and I looked at the kid. And I was, I, I, I was like, look, buddy, just when you open doors, be careful. <laughs> and God bless you. And I get, I don't know, the guy was like, let me get out of here as soon as I can before this guy changes his mind. He's like, grab this kid. He left his phone in the car. Like, I can see the phone in the car. And before we had finished packing our shoulder, he came back, like, re- covertly grabbed his phone and ran away. But I was like, there was a time in my life where my car was my baby, right? That's not my life. And this guy... I mean, that car was immaculate. I mean, it was like, you can tell this guy, like, I mean, he pulled out, like, turtle wax out of the trunk of the car. Like, this guy, like, kept his car. You know, he's, like, trying to get the thing, whatever. I could have said something, but what's he going to do? So go show love. In every situation. Even when you don't feel like it. Why? Because Jesus, we read it last week in the book of Matthew, 
Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your enemy. I'm sorry, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love those who curse you. Bless the, love your enemies. Love, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who squander and use you. Pray for those who abuse you. He said, do the opposite and show love. And then the last verse here, put up the last verse there for me, Ralph. And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Pastor, I'm in faith. Well, if you're not walking in love, it ain't good for nothing. Pastor, I've got hope that things are changing. If you're not walking in love, it's good for nothing. We are called to love God and love people. That's how we're going to change our city. That's how we're going to change society. Because love brings unity. Have you ever tried to argue with somebody who's not arguing back? It don't work. My wife used to get mad at me when we first got married. Today's our 12th year anniversary. Uh, and um, she'd get mad at me because they, we, we'd, you know, we'd have a disagreement about where I left my shoes or whatever the case might be. And um, I, I'm, I'm not the hyperliest organized of people when it comes to certain things, but I know where everything is. And so... You know, man, that frustrates her. <laughs> that frustrates her sometimes. Because <laughs> um, she was like, where's this thing? I can't find it. I was like, move the third pile to the middle after the green paper. There it is. It's like, how do you do that? <laughs> you know? So we, we'd have a disagreement about something, and she get mad. And we've talked about this. She talks about this a lot in, in the encounter. We, and we do the encounter. We have one at the end of the month. If you haven't signed up for it yet, uh, you can sign up after service space is limited. But when she does a, a, one of the sessions on forgiveness, she talks about it. How for her, because of her conditioning of, of how who she was, she would put kind of like time limits, right? Like, so this offense required an hour of being upset. And this other one required two hours or whatever the case might be. Guys don't do that. Women do, though. I mean, and be honest. You all know what to do. Some of you might be upset at me for the next 32 minutes, but it's okay. So she'd be mad, and I'd be like, hey, you know, I'm sorry or whatever. And then I'd be cool, right? I'd be like, already, all fine. And she'd be like trying to be mad at me, but I wasn't reciprocating the madness. And then she'd, she'd, before you know it, she'd find it. She, you, she, she, how can you be mad at me? You know, it's, I'm <laughs> And so it's hard to argue with someone who's not arguing back. And guess what? When you're showing love to that boss who's being a pain, Love's going to come out on top. When you're showing love to that coworker, when you're showing love to the spouse, when you're showing love to the kid, when you're showing love to the teacher, when you're showing love to the colleague, when you're showing love, love will win. 
Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Church, I challenge you, 2019, walk in love with everybody. Oh, but pastor, sometimes it's hard. Trust me, I know. And guess what? Sometimes I mess up. So you know what you do when you mess up? You own it. You suck it up and you go to that person and because you love them, you say, I'm sorry for acting like a jerk or whatever the case might be. And then the people that do something to you don't wait for them to ask for forgiveness to forgive them. Pastor, that one's hard. They did something. I, they need to say I'm sorry. No, they don't. You need to forgive them and love them. End of story. Because love doesn't hold a record of wrong. And love is going to win the lost, the hurting and the broken to come to a loving father. Church, let's go out there and love. Everyone that we encounter, let's show them love.